So back on with Jason Boom. He's uh, been unbelievably ses- successful in facial plastic surgery and, and really a, a career that a lot of us would like to emulate. Um, I could probably be his father at this point. Um, how old are you, Jason? 42. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I could be. I'm, I'm 62. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> so, so anyway, you know what I was telling Jason is um, – and this will, you'll, you'll understand the relevance of this. I was telling him, you know, the is if you've done a decent job, because I got four kids. If you do a decent job when they get older, they, they, they still want to be around you and they want to hang out with you. And God, it's so demanding when they're young. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, who's picking up who, who, you know, what game, who's going, who's going to Philly this weekend, who's going to Boston. But, um, um, so Riley has uh, been kind enough to help us out with some of our social media. She's got, Got a, she's a marketing major. She's getting a real estate license. She plays a guitar. She's all over. She's a hustler. She's all over the place working. But um, you know, awesome. anyway. So it's uh, but she's been been helpful for uh, with us. But um, so what we're going to talk a little bit about is, and I know I know you're very dedicated to your family, which is, uh, I just without it you have nothing, as you know. And my I'll tell you a story. My daughter, my oldest daughter, Kate, who's finishing her ophthalmology training and her husband's going to be joining us after his fellowship. Um, when she was 16, she told me she wanted to go to medical school and I was floored because she always said she would never be a doctor. And uh, now she's finishing ophthalmology and she's actually going to work. She's going to be doing some functional eyelid stuff for us. She works for a big ophthalmology practice and she's even going to work on our rejuvenate center and do some injectables. But she said to me, um, back then she said, uh, I said, Kate, you know, you need to understand, uh, what, you know, what kind of commitment this is. And, um, I don't know if I want, I don't know if I wanted my little girl to work that hard. I'll be honest. And she said to me, she says that I know you, you know, you're in your study, you know, you're working on your like PowerPoint and you always seem to love what you're doing, but you, you know, uh, but you never miss any of my games. And I, that like, you know, um, and I probably do miss a couple. I did miss a couple of, a couple of them from here to there, but, but the reality is I made my kids and my family my priority. And I know you, you're smart enough to do that too, because I see your stuff. Yeah. I mean, that really, I, I in the same way that you did that, I, I had that from my dad. My, my dad, like I said, is an oral surgeon and, you know, he always, and I'm an only child and uh, he really, made it um, like his number one priority at the end of the day to come home. And we had dinner every night together. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, that was his thing. Um, and certainly um, if I have to give up a family dinner with my kids and my wife, uh, I better be doing something that's worthwhile because. Um, well, you know, I think your, your family knows too. They know yeah. if you make, you know, I always say life is not what you say, it's what you do. And they know if you're a priority. And my wife never gave me a hard time about traveling the academy. And, and the reason why is I, I, uh, she knew I was always, you know, I was on a mission to kill the beast and, um, and I didn't do it at the family expense. And I was always moving my trips up to come home sooner, you know, because I, um, and one of the reasons that I, you know, started cutting out more and more of that is I just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of not, you know, but uh, I don't want to miss. Or the other thing that would happen is, you know, so you put in a calendar and it sounds great you know, to go to Columbia, right? And then all of a sudden you find out your girl, you know, your daughter, actually, this is a true story. Riley was going to be Cinderella in, in eighth grade, you know, and the, they moved the play to play when I was going to be out of town. Can't miss that stuff. So, no. um, 
anyway, so what, let's let's talk about the end game. So because here's what I always say, and I'm going to let you kind of ask a lot of questions to me because yeah. these, these are things that I, I, Jason, I literally get two to four texts a week from colleagues around this country about um, business and business structure. Um, and I love hearing you talk just, about it. Well, I've been, you know, I have been, I have learned so much. And about the last 15 years ago, I realized, okay, it's not about me. It's about the team. And I am, I am so obsessed with talent and good people. And I have a whole different insight now because it's going to be my next phase as we, um, as we move forward. Uh, I, I am obsessed with talent. I, you know, and I'll tell you, just to tell you a little story and then we're going to talk about corporate structure. Go ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear because I totally, totally agree with you. Um, and that was one of the things, and you can ask my wife and cause she was very hesitant about me bringing, she's like, what? I remember that you're like, you're a, you're a year and a half out and you're going to bring in someone to your practice who does what you do. Like, are you crazy? And I said to her, I said, this girl's a talent and I can't Man. pass this up, yep. you know? And that's, and that to me, like I, when you see someone who is just like, and not just talent, she was like, physically talented and surgically but like she was easy to get along with she was like a, a really great with patience she has a great personality um you know like it was the whole package and i and i, I just like could not and i said maybe i'm going to shoot myself in the foot and by doing this but i said i it's a gutsy that was a gutsy thing that's a gutsy yeah. thing to do you know it is a yeah. gutsy thing to i'll be honest and you know, uh, to bring someone in and we're going to talk about bringing in a plastic surgeon and those sorts of things. Cause I've been through it. I've had a, I had a failed, uh, failed one first. And then I had a very, very successful one after. Um, but, uh, well, let me just tell you one story, you know, now, I mean, I don't care for technology. I'd be happy, happy, happy if I've never brought another piece in, they all conveniently come priced around a hundred thousand dollars, you know? And then, uh, so I have some criteria that I use if I'm going to bring something in. But now what I get jacked up is when we have an amazing hire. And I'll just tell you a story. About three years ago, I got to a point where I read this book called Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. I don't know if you've seen it, but Vern Harnish has written uh, Rockefeller Habits. And I read a lot of this stuff. And it's it's why so many companies never get above the four or five million dollar range. And and uh, it's I don't want to tell, tell you the whole book, but there were there were it. The couple of things that just kind of struck me were marketing, okay? And I never really believed in marketing. I couldn't stand it. You know, it makes me feel dirty, but you and I both know you can't ignore marketing. So, but then the other was accounting and accounting processes. And so I decided to hire a CFO. And I hired a, a, a woman who was an accountant. She worked at a public, or a public accounting firm. And uh, for about five years, she was a CPA, had her master's, you know, working 78 hours a week. So, you know, that's a big salary to swallow, right? Right. I mean, that's scary. So sure. I brought her on. She's just I've got about five. Uh, especially like especially because especially like for me at this point, like I could never do that because it's a big salary without generating any profits. Right. 
Right. You and know, so, right. so this is my, so this is my mindset now. Okay. Yeah. My mindset is to grow a business and make myself irrelevant. And the reason why is when we start talking EBITDA and, 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 and multiples of earning, uh, you will get more and more offered. I've been offered twice for private equity to buy me. And I'm like, eh, I'm not ready yet. You know, but, but so if you start to build a, build a business, so it's not just Dr. Bloom, so they can move me out. Now you've got a very interesting, you, you're a business. And, but anyway, so I brought her on and it was scary. Um, but in the first eight months, she put her salary to the bottom line. She shopped all our banking she shopped all our insurance. She questioned this. She questioned that. She worked on the expense side of the equation. You know, we got a lot of people. You know, we um, so we uh, we're we're now we have a we we did an acquisition. We're looking at another one. Um, and there's only two so ways now. Yeah, there's only two ways right. to make money, right? You either yeah. earn more Please. or you cut costs, right? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. like you said, she did. Most of us focus on the revenue side of the equation, right. don't we? Yeah, she, and most she of us did look it from the back our, end. That's yeah, amazing. and most of us look at our most of us look at our team, right? Okay, as they're in the expense column, right? And that's the wrong mindset. The mindset is, I am one of the performers. I just happen to be the owner, CEO, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, but my mindset is now I need to grow everybody because uh, I have the majority of the stock. You know, he who's in. So the 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 shareholders that come in, the earlier you come in, the better you are. And it's my obligation to continue to grow that stock. Like when you own GE stock, okay? If you grow it and you grow it and grow it, everybody wins. So you have, I know you had some questions, and because that's that's your end game. You got twenty years to work on it, buddy. So yeah. <laughs> so so I, so I'll I'll start with with this question, right? So yeah. now. Um, we're an LLC, no, I'm sorry, we're an S corp mm -hmm. yep. and, um, I guess for tax purposes, and I'm, I'm really not good with this kind of stuff, but, um, so let's say the next step is maybe hiring someone else, either another, you know, bringing on a plastic surgeon or a facial plastic surgeon, or uh, like, like, how do you create an entity where that you can sell shares of that and, mm -hmm. You know what's the next? Um, well, you've got a you've, you've got a wife who's an attorney, so you're much smarter than I am. But um, so so let me ask you something because I am curious why you chose uh, an S corp because you could save some social security social security taxes. Um, uh, or, you know, there's some t tax you can save there in social security, but you know, from what I've been told, there's no real benefit of an S corp. You still get the same pass through. You still get you know taxed. Um, the same way. So, I'm, I mean, obviously you have, I mean, you've got a wife who's an attorney, so, you know, you must've got some good advice. I, I have, a, I have a good, um, and, and we honestly, I mean, I, I have a, a good accountant who recommended yeah. that as well yeah. as a good financial advisor um, who has been with me for a long time and is one of my dear friends and is in the same like family situation. And, you know, he, you know, that when I when I started uh, saving money with him and using him as my financial advisor, I said, Brad, you know what? We have kids the same age. We both have, you know, we're both working. We both have wives that work. I just want to be in the same stuff that you're in. You know, that's mm -hmm. I said, you'll take care of me. 
if you put me in the same kind of risk categories that you're in. And it's worked for me. And he's done mm-hmm. really well for me. And he has a great relationship with our accountant. And the accountant recommended for tax benefits, I guess, that, that we were an S-corp. Yeah. So our non-surgical entity is an S-corp. Um, okay. And our main practice is a, is a PLLC, which is a professional limited liability corporation. Um, you know, neither of which, uh, you know, as a physician, you can have anyone else other than yourself owning stock in that or, or you know, MDs they have to be MDs. And right. I mean, you, you can't have a, a, you know, you can't have a, your wife as a shareholder. You can't have um, you can't have a nurse practitioner as a shareholder. They have to be MDs to own that. Right. Gotcha. Um, so. I know because I think um, Garrett, right? He had, yeah. he had thrown some questions at, at me that you were. Uh, I mean, again, I know you can avoid Social Security, which is like 2.5% or something with an S Corp, but I don't know much more than that. I do know how, I know a lot more about limited liability LLCs because I, I have a number of them that I've um, set up that way. And in an LLC, they don't call it corporate stock, they call it membership interest. So, gotcha. um, so there's a hundred percent membership interest and you can actually sell, um, those percentages. But, uh, I will say that it is, gut- it is gutsy to bring in a facial plastic surgeon. And I usually dissuade people for bringing until they're really ready to give stuff away and get their ego out of the way. Cause, um, clearly you've been busy enough that you've been able to do that and make it work. Um, and you both like the injectable, well, so yeah. yeah I mean, pe- pe- people were were calling for these procedures, and yeah, um, yeah. I, and six I had, months out, you're going to lose them. Yes, exactly. And and so in those yeah. cases, um, we you know we have like a great front desk that's able to talk to these people and say, mm-hmm. well, um, you know, Doctor Bloom has brought someone on to um, to do this. It's it's you know it's a we're offering free consults for her. Um, yeah. You know, it's $150 for a consult for me, but it's a free consult yeah. for her. And so, you know what? These people will see her take a flyer and you know what? <laughs> like she started yeah. from the beginning, just her personality. Well, you might as well her... keep it in house. Exactly. So why would you want to bring on? So let me ask you, because I'm going to ask you the, the questions I get asked, you know, why, why bring in a plastic surgeon? We're talking about like someone who does breast. Well, actually, let me back up a little bit. Yeah, body, you know, plastic surgeons do body and, you know, can you restrict them and all these other things that you get, you know, are things to ask. Because I'll tell you, you know, what what we did after I asked you these questions. So um, do you have plastic surgeons in the community that really refer you uh, uh, a share of things that you would be offending? And, And how does that work? Yes. So that's my question. I said, why would I do this? If I have, um, there's one or two in particular who who have great names in the area, and first of all, it started with with noses. They and they don't do or right. Um, you know, I was really the guy who was doing a lot of noses in the community, and so they've started referring me. And even so far that I have done multiple uh, rhinoplasties on multiple members of that person's family. And, mm-hmm. um, and so after that, they were referring a lot. And then he just decided that, you know what, I don't want to do eyelid surgery. 
And he really, I've had, I mean, countless face neck lifts, eyelid surgery, rhinoplasties referred from one particular guy who has a very, very, um, uh, let's say, robust marketing Successful and robust media. And, um, you know, he gets patients from everywhere and he sends me a lot of those patients. And in turn, I send him everyone that I can uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, breast and body surgery. Cause, but, but, we, but we have dinner every so often and, you know, and I just – and he feels the same way, which is, listen, if there's a better person for this, honestly, I'm not yeah. going to feel offended. And I don't want you to feel obligated like you have to send to me. But I appreciate everything that you do. Um, I'm going to send to you because I think you do great work. And I want that to be the number one reason why you send people to me, not because mm-hmm. you have to. Um, so how old is this person now? Probably about 45. Okay, so they're still young. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're my be, contemporary. Um, yeah. and, How'd you meet uh, them? Just... Yeah, I mean, in, the, in the community of... No, she was just saying, oh, we just... So... Um, bringing someone on um, and you were talking about your, you know, you have a contemporary and so have you, I mean, that's, that's a, that is a, that's a tough question to answer because what is yeah, the benefit? So what, What's the benefit? Yeah. I mean, like to bring it in house, I'm definitely going to piss someone like that off and, and you may have a failure. Know, right. Yeah. I mean, right. you need someone who's not right out of their training. You need someone who's seasoned, who's really good at it, who's got good bedside manner, and that's not easy to find. Um, but my question is, why, why, why someone not right out of their training? Uh, let me ask you something. Do you think you're better at what you do now than you were when you six, seven years? Oh, when you, yeah. I mean, yes, of course, yes. I mean, you know how to handle um, problems more. You, you know how to manage expectations more. I mean, I think the ideal time is somebody who's who's had a bad marriage. That's the way I look at it. You know, you want someone who's who's who failed. I hate to say it that way, but because you know, let me tell you the failures I see in bringing on a plastic surgeon. Um, you, you have to have something to offer them. Like, yeah. you know, we have you know we have a, a name and operating rooms and whatever. And in the beginning, when I first was I uh, first did it, I was six seven years out of my training, and I wasn't. I don't know. I and I probably wanted it more than he did, you know, um, but he had a failed marriage and he was risk averse. And so it looked like it might be, uh, but he didn't have my drive. You know, he wasn't, yeah. you know, he, he used to come to the office and spend more time, you know, calculating like what next BMW we could get, you know, and I'd say, go walk to damn ERs, you know, um, I was very driven. So our work ethic was different. It, it failed. Yeah. Um, and so what I said to my partner when he first joined us, the one that's been successful and he's, you know, he's a partner now, I said, Alan, what I have is not broken. Okay. You know, I got to make, you know, I got to make the rules. I'm not looking to uh, share decisions with you. If you can work within that framework and here's the performance model and I will give you options to buy in on stock. Um, uh, we, we got a deal, but, but, and by the way, there's a non-compete and all this other stuff you got to do, right. you know, and I was willing but, but to walk it, away. It, 
and here's the other thing too. I'm sure you had to say this because uh, so just even in hiring uh, um, another facial plastic surgeon, like I said, Julie, here's the deal. It is called Bloom Facial Plastics. Yeah. Like it is. I'm not changing the name of the no. practice. And you're the Williams Center. Yeah. You know, like that's what it's called. Yep. If that is, if that has, like, if you have a visceral reaction, if you have a visceral reaction to that, where you know that, like, you can't be yeah. in that situation, like, you have to let me know now. And she's like, it's not going to work you know, long term. Right. Right. You know, if and there are people, to... there are people that are happy to take a non-partner track. And right. what we've done is create a non-partner to partner track. But there are people that, I mean, they do this in law firms, right? There are right. people that are happy to take a non-partner track. But um, what I also said was, um, you know, when you start talking about division of labor and who's going to do facial work and, you know, technically you can't tell someone that they can't do right. face. You technically, that's a restriction to trade, you know. But what I said to my partner was, um, you know, let's just talk business here. What makes more sense for you? To get really good at abdominoplasty or mommy makeovers or whatever the hell you want to do and get, you know, do ditto, 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 or to be changing gears all the time. And I would, you know, what, what makes the best business sense for you? And I would just think if you can get, if you can get that around your head and, and, and it, it, and it hit with him because he, he, he likes doing that. But a lot of people, there's ego things and, but the big advice I would tell people is you got to, what's your why? Why would you want to bring him on? You might be better off in the same in the arrangement that you have. Now, if you're trying to grow a bigger business, you're trying to go like what I have and offer one stop, everything is there and brandy. There's a, there's a level of complexity, Jay, Jason, because yeah. the complexity is you can't market for them. You've got you to be fair to everybody. Um Totally. And, uh, the, you, know, the, you know, well, how come you do more social media than I do? And we have the budgets and we work with them. So there are downsides to bringing someone in. You're going to get a premium. You're going to get a premium on your rhinoplasty fee because you're focusing on you and you're creating a destination. These are the downsides of bringing a plastic surgeon in. Right. I mean, right? I, I um, yeah, I mean, like, l listen, I, I told uh, Dr. Strax, like, she's on my website. I said, you can have your own website. It should be linked to ours. Mine will be linked to yours. Nah. You know, I, I said, I want you to create your own, you know, you can create your own brand, like brand. And, and we can have it under the bloom umbrella, but like you should have, um, you know, if you want to create your own website, you can do that. If you want to have your own social media um experience and uh presence you can do that mm -hmm. uh but inter interestingly someone did just approach me as a plastic surgeon and um you know they were they were inquiring about you know me potentially bringing someone on and i said you know not i'm not necessarily ready right now but like um you know they said well how you know we i like doing the facial stuff um, but I want to concentrate on doing breast and body surgery. And I said, and they're like, well, how would that work if they, someone calls your office? And I said, this is how it would work. If someone calls and says, I want a, a nose job or a facelift, it's going to me or Dr. Strax. Mm -hmm. 
if someone calls and says, I want a breast augmentation or tummy tuck, it's going to you. Right. And if someone calls and says, I'm looking for... And that's going to happen, by the way. That's going right. to happen because people right. know you and, and they and, trust you. Right, exactly. And, and I mean, I, I that's... Uh, I'll say one more thing, but before, I don't want to like uh, forget about it. But what I'll say is, and I said, but if someone says, listen, I'm interested in a rhinoplasty from Dr. X, then you can see that patient. I'm happy with you. I would never restrict you from doing that. But if a patient calls and specifically asks for you to do the procedure, then you can do that procedure. Um, but that's and just we did how that, it's going to work because you have – yeah, we you did know, that by the way too. You have two other facial plastics. Right. We um, did that by the way too. But the other thing to say is, and say this, you know that I'm your big, going to be your biggest referral source in this town. Totally. Right. I, I mean, would hope. I would hope, if you thought that maybe I could do a better job because I do it all the time, and if you're busy doing your own thing, I would hope that you would maybe. Think of what's in the patient's best interest, and it works because it it is right. true. I mean, you know, he doesn't want to screw around with a facelift. You know, right. he or a rhinoplasty for him, he can make a hell of a lot more money and do what's in the patient's best interest. But I will tell you, it's easier to have that conversation than to see it because right. there's there's still a, a political divide to some degree, and. Um, and it is it is a challenge, and I I would encourage you just to you know write out all the pros and cons because it, there may be in your situation. Because I'll tell you what, one thing that that I can assure you, you don't make any money with the operating rooms. So, you know that is a convenience yeah, so, issue. That's an economy yeah. of scale issue. And if you can have that, to, you know, I mean today my partner and I both you know did what we call joint case. You know, right? so he did you know he did a, a liposuction, and then I did a rhinoplasty and stayed patient, but. But those, you know, benefits are far and few between, you know, one, one, one day a month. But the reality is you're not making money in the operating room. So then, yeah. then the entity has to make money on, you know, you guys, you have to live by the same rules and those things. So it, it's complicated. But what, what I say, and you figured this out long, long ago, was that we say a cosmetic patient is a cosmetic patient. And what I mean by that is yeah. they might come in for Botox. But they want everything. They want a rhinoplasty. They want a breast augmentation. There's only, they want, there's only you know, yeah, there's only hair. two barriers. They want everything, right? right? Right. There's only two barriers yep. to someone who I call, you know, someone who's come in and had they're they're already they're proved they've proven themselves, right? They've already had something done. It's money, money and pain. If someone is a you know is bought once, they'll buy again. So yep. if you have a relationship, our goal is, you know, that lifetime value of that patient. Uh, and, and that is one benefit of keeping them in. Now, if you have a colleague across town that you've got a great referral is a great and a great relationship and they're a rock star, what they do and all that other stuff, there may be more risk to bring in someone in. Who knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, unless it, you can work something together. Yeah. I, and when I went on my own, I called him and we talked about it and he owns his building. And I mean, he has his own yeah. thing going there and he's, he's doing fantastic. Um, it was just, wasn't the right thing. Um, but I definitely approached him about that because I thought it would have been good at the time. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it's going to be something I'm really, really, really going to have to look at because I like thing how things are. Um, not that, 
he could bring in a play he could bring in a facial plastic surgeon That's right. in the same way, right? right? You know, like I you know, we have to you know So what's your next I, I your next your it. next big move gonna be? Uh, well, you know, I, 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 you kind of mentioned one thing and we kind of looked at it and I don't think it's going to work, but, uh, a number of plastic surgeons and facial plastic surgeons in our area who are all friends, we considered, you know, the surgery center idea. And I, I it's just every, it's just not a moneymaker. It's, it's not a money. I can tell you right it, now, I've, I've had yeah, more it, lost sleep over my surgery center than anything else I've ever had. Yeah, you know, it's, it's I mean, just, you're, yeah. And, and we were even considering doing like a three room hotel kind of mm. overnight stay yeah. associated with it. And it's just, it's hard. I mean, I, I talked to my best friend who's an orthopedic surgeon and they make money in like, this, by the way. Right, right. Because they make, you know, if they use a, a an implant Whatever. or they get, they, they make facility fees. It's embarrassing how much you said at the beginning. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, if I do, I, I know this because I operate at the hospital and surgery centers uh, at um, my hospital. I, I I book a rhinoplasty, primary rhinoplasty for two and a half hours. They 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 book me. They count it from when in the room to out of the room. That's not OR time. Right. You know, skin to skin. It is in the room to out of the room. I book two and a half hours. The hospital. Uh, we charge the patient the facility fee for two and a half hours is seventeen sixty five. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like nothing. These guys, these yeah. orthopedic surgeons, are getting like ten thousand dollars for know. No. you know facility fees for that. No, I can so, tell you, on, on cosmetic stuff, you cannot. It's all our goal from year to year is break even. Yeah. So that's not a good reason to bring them on, you know. So then the other yeah. intangible bit of it is if you know if the guy is a rock star, but if the problem is you're always balancing the ego thing between it because uh, you know Jason, I mean we're not spending enough on my stuff, and I mean we do it. We have we we open book and show each everybody so we all know what everybody's you know. But um, in fact, I'll tell you a story. My my partner a couple of years ago wanted to go visit you know Doctor Miami, this guy who does his big snap. He's got a huge following in snap. Yeah, and it was yeah. like twenty grand and whatever. And I said, Alan, I, I said I said look, I'm not going to tell you you can't do it. Um, you know, but uh, as the majority shareholder of what we have. Uh, uh, we got to take it from somewhere. And so, you know, we all have our marketing budget and, you know, if you want to take that from your marketing budget, that's fine. It, uh, it was a waste of money. Um, but there's gotta be some accountability. So you have to have systems, your, your accounting becomes more complex because you have to have systems right. in place for all of that. Um, so, and then there's nothing yeah. worse than doing it and then it falls apart in five years. Yeah. Back to the risk thing. Um, you know, I, I think to some degree, but I think if you, as you build your name bigger and bigger and bigger and a bigger brand, you know, you know, it, it, you do have something to offer someone who's out four or five years and who's been through a a bad marriage. Um, because now, and there are, by the way, there are a lot of people that, that are risk adverse. And so that there is that potential for someone out there. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Most of the, most of the, uh, the people in our area are solo practitioners um, they don't have, there's not like kind of big groups of plastic surgeons or facial plastic surgeons. It's honestly most like, uh, mostly solo guys. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing now and kind of seeing where this team goes. Yeah. Um, but 
I, I think you know my ne- my next move is probably either a, a second office to incorporate more people down the road mm-hmm. or a bigger space. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought about your own real estate or no? Um, yeah, we did. I would love to buy something. The mm-hmm. problem is there's nothing around here to buy. Yeah, yeah it's not um, easy. It's not easy finding. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. And real estate, especially but- in this area, this is a very um, this is a hard area for real estate. There's not a lot of great things because um, we've been looking. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of real estate, and um, just because if you can pay rent to yourself. Uh, I remember Buckingham, you know, he was my fellow years ago and he said, you know, I, I grew in a business family. Why would you own the real estate? You know, just rent it. And, uh, and uh, Ed's now in his fifties, he's building a building. So I have to remind him of that. I mean, what are you building a building for it? You know, it's just uh, time value and money and you, you know, end up paying down your principal. What, um, I, I, have, I have one other question for you. Yeah, what questions do you have estate. for me? Because I, you know, um, I have, um, yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time. I really appreciate you talking. No, talking no, no. Talking I, my, my question is expansion versus second location. I'll tell you my philosophy. Like, right. and, and and you've expanded. Obviously, that was your your choice, mm-hmm. and you have you have like an amazing office. I I loved it when I visited a couple times. And, um, yeah, like my, my question is, sh- should I open up something in center city and like, a, like a, a same size kind of another office location that maybe brings in different patients from a different area mm-hmm. or just make my current office bigger? Mm-hmm. So here's my, my, as you know, we have a, we have a, a second location, which is Saratoga hair transplant center, but that's designated for hair transplant. And that's why, right. and it was there and it was existing and we acquired it. So that's why right. we kept that. We often, you know, we opened an office in the Virgin islands and I don't want to get too sidetracked on it, but we did it with the understanding that we knew it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be a, um, what do we call it? Um, uh, you know, a money move. We knew we wanted to have fun doing it. And we, we got in the black after two years and then we hit Irma Maria uh, the storms, you know, and then, and then we had COVID and we were just getting ready to go back. Now we had a lot of fun doing it. We, um, and then my partner still goes down to, um, uh, Steve Perlman's office a little bit, but, but, you know, he, he, he goes down there and sees patients down there in the city because he had a following. He was on the Upper East Side. Having said that, I, uh, if, if I can be busy in one place, there is nothing more efficient and there is no question when you open a second office, there's another whole layer of expenses that goes along with it. And, um, and I, I think disproportionately, you're going to be paying more on overhead. If I had the opportunity, I'd rather be Dr. Bloom busy as hell in one spot. Um, that, that would be, and that's what I do. I, I don't want to run. I, I don't want to run one more place, um, you know, being busy. Cause then you're going to have administrative, you know, I have, uh, I have my administrative responsibility. But, I haven't, but not respons- necessarily, but not necessarily for me. Yeah, I'm saying opening up another office in Philadelphia where I could bring in an associate or Dr. Strax could spend more time. Um, you know, it would open up more space in each individual office and kind well, that's of. That's a possibility. Like, I mean, if it's if if it's you not running, you're busy. Yeah. Okay, so if, if yeah. it's you not running around and it allows you to you know build you know build your business that way and it's either i'm going to take space somewhere um then it might make sense like i said as you start to grow and have more and more on your team there are 
you can't just ignore that. You have to build, you have to work on the business. If you don't just work, take time to work on the business, you're just working in the business, you won't have a business, it won't grow. Um, right. You know, and it, it's a challenge that we all have because is if we either focus either on ourselves, the problem with that is if something happens to Dr. Bloom, you know, my goal was to get to a point where, you know, 10 to 15% came from here and the rest of it came from other stuff. That was always my goal. And, you know, that's where I, I'm at now. And it's a great, you know, position to be in because then you don't, you really don't need life insurance, you know. And, you know, you look at what you have built out there and you've got a family and you've got a wife and, you know, God forbid something happened to you. And I got to tell you, I thought about that for a long time because it was me. Um, but these are ways to diversify and create something bigger than just yourself. Um, yeah. But I don't... I, I personally, if I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be running to another place. You, you're very successful in your spot. And that's what I would look at and just say, how can I, how can I be more efficient, have more fun and leverage myself um, versus running, you know, running elsewhere. That's my thought. I love it. 